0: We've got a code! Use code VolleyPod for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VolleyPod, V O L L E Y P O D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on The Volley Pod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good morning and welcome to The Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? davis doing well and
1: excited we have a special uh guest today we don't yes. have too many guests but this
0: one is a a special one absolutely special guy we know we've known him for years and he's having tons of success now coast coast kid make ghost makes good <laughs> That's
1: right. so uh yeah so we have uh jj van neal is joining us yes. and for those of you that don't know JJ's story he coached with us at coast volleyball club and then Jumped into the Pac 12 to Utah and then USC, and just uh, took the head job at Arizona State this year. And Arizona State is having a a pretty good year, Davis. They're turning it
0: around. Uh, They're they're a cool
1: 24 and 4 and 12 and 4 in the Pac
0: 12. Wow. And with the nice one over Stanford as well. Uh,
1: That was the one we talked about when I went out there. Yeah. So uh, (sighs) it's. Awesome, JJ. Congrats on your season to date, but you have—it's uh, just starting, and everyone's excited about your
2: season. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on on the podcast. I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, season's been good. And now we gotta try to finish strong and get uh, get ready for the tournament.
1: Cool. So uh, you have what, like four matches left, and then you get into the tournament, and then you got to go into the. Uh, all the seating madness and uh, all of that. But that's uh, fun stuff. You got to be excited. Your kids got to be fired up.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, we're uh, having a season that no one really uh, thought we would. Um, I think the kids are really excited. Um, I don't think anyone on the team has been to the tournament before. So uh, that's a cool experience. And, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, surprise some people and play well
1: awesome fun stuff well uh i've had a blast watching your team for those uh that uh, haven't seen arizona state they handle the ball they they serve receive run a super fast offense and uh they have a uh, terminator on the right side that hits both front row and back row and then they defend like mad women uh when i've seen them play the last couple matches i've been able to watch I thought they out-defended their opponents, so uh, it's been fun for me to kind of get to know your kids a little bit and follow them. So, J.J., we're putting you on the, on the spot, and I think you're going to start with a, a skill. That's part of what we do on the pod, and I think you might have a coaching skill tonight. What do you have for us?
2: Yeah, I uh, I wanted to talk about practice planning. Um, I think it's, it's an underutilized—and maybe I'm wrong, but I— uh, obviously, I go to a lot of uh, club you're, volleyball you're practices. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go, I go to a lot of club practices and, um, you know, high school practices, and, I, and I'm always a little surprised at sort of the lack of uh, planning. And I, you know, I think the the more you do it, the more you can, um, I don't know, switch stuff up and, and maybe not use it. So Maybe I'm just catching people that are really, really elite. But I know when I... Started at, at Coast, um, I, I, I just dove into everything and you know a bunch of clinics. I started learning about practice planning and, and uh, it's something I, I still have books from Coast and I'll still refer to them because I actually was kind of doing some good stuff back then too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I'll, I'll give a give an example of, a, of kind of a process, and I'm going to use the a, a little twelve. 12- team that I was coaching at sunshine before I took um the Arizona job um last year I had a 12th team and a bunch of raw kids and uh you know I think when you're when you're talking about practice planning you know you should I don't know like any teacher you have you know some objectives in mind so what I did from the beginning was I took kind of all the skills and I just tried to value, you know, the things that I thought we needed to be really good at. And so I just literally made, I just kind of brainstormed, like, okay, serving, like, what are things we have to get at? You know, getting involved with shape and spin, which, of course, Todd, you've given me a bunch of um, really cool things to think about and, and use for that, especially with the 12-day group. So that was on a passing, like, what are they just want to focus on? And I just went down the list. And from there, you just start prioritizing things. I... I I took it down to even like month by month, like, hey, by the end of, you know, December, you know, can we be good at like these three things? And I think when you do that, it, it makes the practice planning piece a lot easier. And, um, you know, I was really fortunate, uh, to get to spend some time with Jim McLaughlin and Carl McGowan. And, um, you know, they, they would just create these kind of like templates, um, of a practice. So it wasn't necessarily what you do, but it was like, hey, you know, you're going to have 15 minutes, it's going to be warm up and uh, maybe some ball control stuff. And then you're going to have, you know, maybe it's some vibe drill to kind of get the vibe right and get going. And then you might have a passing thing and then uh, maybe some serving stuff and you can go on and on, but, but you basically just break it down. So for my 12, I had, you know, uh, basically 12 minutes that were kind of really easy skill warm ups. Um but they were getting them warm but doing volleyball moves. So like shape and spin progression and self-top hitting. I think that's uh something that really gets it's good at, at hitting a ball. Um and then we'd have a ball control drill, because of course at twelve that's pretty important, and then we would go into a pass tutor, uh, and then turn that tutor into a game. Um and we would do then we break out, do a little serving, uh, and then we would do uh some other skill tutor with a game attached to it. Uh, then we do a little more serving. And then there usually be another smaller or middle group game. So something like uh, Queen of the Court, maybe Queen of the Court Middles, maybe a kamikaze, but some type of smaller group game. And then there'd be another round of serving because uh, I'm pretty obsessed with serving. And then you finish with a sixes game. And I think. Um, once you have the template, you know, you have all your drills that you use and it's pretty easy to to fill them in based on what you want to do or what you're trying to achieve. And I think that's why you do the brainstorming thing at the beginning and you've got some objectives. So, you know, in November, you know, it was very skill focused and, you know, all those things kind of had, you know, if it was a passing tutor, maybe it was moving your feet to the ball, then we'd play games where you could only score if you were moving your feet to the ball. I think when you... When you get really diligent about going through these, these things and kind of having an objective for your practice, uh, having a, an objective for maybe that week of practice or a month of practice, and then having your objectives for the drill, um it takes a lot of time and work to do at the beginning, but the more you do it, the better and more efficient you get at it. And then you just start having kind of the things you do and you know what you're focused on. And uh, I think you can be really efficient and sort of accelerate the learning of your of your players and your team. And at the end of the day, if you can accelerate your learning faster than uh, your opponents, then hopefully that creates some wins. And, um, you know, I didn't get to see that team through because uh, I was only with them for November and December. And then of course I, I took this job, but uh, uh, I, I have fun doing that stuff. And I, I, like I said, I still have books of the stuff I was in coast And I think when you go through that process, uh it really helps create really efficient practices where you can um accomplish a lot and and you can accomplish a lot of things without purpose so i don't know sorry away with questions.
1: question okay, okay. well i got i have a couple questions for you so my first is uh have your practices changed it sounds like there is more of a uh Uh, the organization is kind of focused, do some skill work and then put it in a game. Do some skill work and then put it in a game. Where I think in the the old model was, you know do all your skill work and then play games at the end. Is that a change for you or were you always doing it that way or how has that evolved for you?
2: No, that's definitely evolved. I think the traditional was you go in, um, you play a warm up game, then you would serve and pass. Uh and then you might do your attacking breakout work. Um you know, I was fortunate I'd get two courts a lot, which I know a lot of people don't, but uh you could do some fun breakouts there. And then you'd go into your game and then you'd go into your sixes. Um over the years I think, you know, A if you're working on a tutor and you're trying to get someone better at something, you know, yeah, it's great to go, you know, do hitting lines say, we're working on hitting line, but then you go play sixes and they don't hit line one. So, how do you take that and put it into in a game? At the end of the day, they have to do it when we're playing, you know, a sixes game and you have all kinds of other stuff going on. Um, so, I really like that with with my level 12 team. And even now, um, we try to be pretty diligent about whatever we're working on. We'll try to go spin, into some type of game uh, throughout the practice, not just like right away, but then later. Um, and I do like to create some interference, which you know I'm guessing you've talked about some modern learning stuff, but you know um, we're doing some attacking things we got to sort of reestablish or see uh, so we'll do a little bit of a attack breakout tomorrow um, and before we do anything we're gonna do like a ball set or ball hitter or you know getting ready for to play Oregon and so I'm kind of creating a little bit of interference then we're gonna go right into a game where they're gonna to try to. You know that's hopefully created a situation where they they gotta run the tempo to be successful in that game um so yeah it's definitely evolved over the years
0: so jj what does for the listeners what does interference mean to you in terms of practice planning
2: yeah i think uh y- you want y- you want them to retain what they're learning and you know there's quite a bit of literature in the learning where it's it talked about um when you go away from something, you know, your brain will having to, having to um, recall that is much more powerful uh, than just the kind of, Hey, we just did it. And right away you need to do it again. Uh, it's it's more sticky. Um, if I'm, if I'm saying this right, and I'm sure I'm butchering this left and right. Um, I'm not a motor learning specialist. I kind of try to talk to a lot of people and, and read stuff, but uh, it's basically when creating interference or creating um, other things going on, so that it's a little harder for your brain or your body to uh, recall what you were trying to do. So for example, if my setter tomorrow is working on reestablishing that go-speed, then we're going to get to something where all she's doing is blocking and ascending. She didn't just get a bunch of reps going really fast. Now she's got to go recall, okay, like, hey, what are the motor patterns I need? Uh, in all the various random situations, because now you're, adding quite a bit more variability with a bunch of live passing and transition because it'll be a game. Uh, so I, I hope I didn't butcher that. Um, but that, that's, that's no, what that's, I mean. By it.
1: No, I think you're right on target there. That's kind of what my understanding is as well. You're trying to mix things up. You want almost <laughs> when they forget something and they remember it, it's stickier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get away from it and then get back to it. Uh, and then you have all of the contextual interference that you have when you play and it's not, you know, set up to be, uh, super clean, you know, they, they're put in games and balls doing funny things. Their teammates are doing funny things and it doesn't always, uh, look pretty, but that's the, the beauty of, uh, training, you know, uh, in game, like situations rather than scripted situations where. Uh, everything is, uh, looks good, but that doesn't, that isn't the way it happens in a game. Yep.
2: (laughs) Yep. hundred percent.
0: Very cool.
1: Now, do you have a process for doing your practice plan? Do you do it early in the morning? Do you do it, um, by week? Uh, do you do it by day? Do you meet with your assistants? How does that, how does your planning,
2: uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, at the at the beginning of the season, uh for our double days, I I had, you know, in the summer I planned out the first. Sorry about the dark part of the dog, you guys. It's
1: all good. Oh no worries.
2: Um, I had planned out all of our double days with, uh, you know, some themes for the morning practice and the afternoon practice, and uh that was that was just because I I kind of had this the, the quote-unquote big rocks are the things that I knew we had to be really good at um right or, or that I thought we had to be really good at to be successful um and so everything was kind of structured on that and then as things might occur uh without reacting too quickly uh you, you know you make small small adjustments so that was the beginning of the season it's like really really organized and then as the season goes and you're kind of again I I've I'm fortunate that I I got a bunch of stats and I got a bunch of data that I can look at. But as you're kind of seeing trends one way or the other, uh, you start adjusting. And like after the first half of the Pac-12 season, I I felt like our out-of-system attacking and our out-of-system defense were sort of below uh, the standards that we had set. And so basically the beginning and end of every practice is an out-of-system game uh, because we're trying to, Really emphasize the importance of, of that piece of the game. Um, and I, and I, I don't know that we're still there. I, I don't know that we're there yet. I'm trying to figure that out, but, uh, so I think the process evolved through it, but, uh, you know, during the week on a Sunday after our match, I'll watch some video and then Monday is usually a planning day. So I met with my staff today. We talked about a bunch of things. Um, I wrote my practice tonight for, uh, tomorrow and an outline for Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and then I'll make adjustments based on, you know, anything that I think we didn't hit or we need to hit harder. But obviously as as you're getting later in the season and later in the week, it's a lot more focused on your opponent rather than, than yourself. That's, that's
0: really interesting. So I have a question for you, JJ. So do you find that your experience as a club coach where you had to have maybe two, maybe three practices at the most in a week, is that good value now when you're in? the college scene where you get more practices is it is it kind of helping you
2: be efficient uh, I think my uh, I don't know about the two or three I think to some extent because you have to try to be really uh, specific on what if, if you're going to go through the process that I went through as a club coach which was very organized and very detailed process planning. right um, uh, yeah I think it it forces you to be really focused and I'll be honest, I think I, ha- I had I had an advantage in doing that and writing all these practices and running that because, you know, a lot of people that go into college games, um, you know, they don't necessarily do that, right? They start as a volunteer. I, I I was kind of a weird path to get in mind, but they start as a volunteer, and as a volunteer, you don't have too many things you get to do. It's certainly unlikely to be practice planning. Um, and, then, and then the more you go to kind of the head coach You may get a little taste of it but like actually just sitting down and trying to think about like okay what do i want to be good at by the end of the week or by the end of the day what are the three things we have to get better at um so i think you know in clubs when you're a head coach if you you go through that process a really good exercise for um for coaching in the future in college if that's the route you go um yeah yeah i certainly think all right (laughs) Well, hey, what a
1: uh, good little practice planning primer there. Thanks so much. And we're going to move you on to uh, the next part of our uh, pod, which is the scenario portion. Uh, and uh, what do you have for us with a scenario? Uh,
2: yeah, I thought I'd just chat about kind of taking over a new program and, um, you know, that hadn't had a ton of success the last uh, several years necessarily. and uh, a bunch of kids to transfer, and, you know, I'm a big data analytics guy. Um, but over the years, I've, especially in college, come kind of to, uh, I think, I don't know, appreciate a lot more, um, how important culture is and how important kind of the relationship building is. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I, I got the, I got this, uh, opportunity. Of course, I called. You know, we had a little Zoom, and then I called all the players and had you know phone calls with them. But because I wasn't going to see them until they got back to school in early January, and uh, you know, the first meeting I had with them, uh, you know, I talked about my coaching philosophy and how it kind of drives um, the decisions that we'd be making for uh, the program. So I think it's important for them to understand, you know, who you are and what you're about, uh, and and then I just, I talked a lot about the, <laughs> just relationships and, you know, kind of the goals of how we're going to drive the bus, how we're going to build our culture. And if you would have told me that was the first thing I'd do walking into a program, like, I don't know, the year I got to Utah, I would like laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like, Hey, you know, I'll dig in, like I have you great know, database and numbers and. I think one of the reasons Beth hired me when she hired me to help at Utah was the analytics, uh, the stats, the practice planning, all that stuff. And so, you know, of course, when I got there, it was like, all right, you know, I did this whole presentation on the opposite of culture (laughs) numbers (laughs) and, and you know, what we might train and why we might train it and and all that that thing. And, and I don't even think I talked to them about that for several weeks. Um, and uh, I think it was a huge, it's been a huge reason for a success, you know, I think especially the, you know, nowadays, um, you know, most kids, I think in general, don't really care what you've done. They, you know, want to know that you care about them. Uh, and I think it's really easy to make them become transactional, um, especially at the college level where obviously, if, you know, if you're not winning, you, know, you might lose your job um so we, as a staff we just we really dove into um, getting to know the kids and i don't know maybe, maybe that's really obvious to do for a lot of people but i think uh you know especially because you know, i'm a trainer and i love training um it, we we of course train but um going in there and really investing that like we play cards all the time we you know go grab coffee with kids um just all those little things, and, and trying to get those touch points. And the interesting thing was, through that process, there so many little things that I learned about um, those kids that, that are helping me this year um, as I coach the team. You know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not certainly not an expert in the sports psych world, and um, there, there's just a lot of stuff that came up over all those kind of organic conversations that I, you know, I've been able to um, draw on for, you know, some of the things that I've seen or, or that we've been through this year. So I think that's, that's really, uh, really, really important.
1: Now, when you went in, was there specific language when you talked about your values or program values, did you put that in front of them and let them decide what the values of the program, how did you, uh, approach that?
2: yeah that's a, that's a good question um i i did not i you know i had i had some things obviously that are, are drivers but i i really focused more on my coaching philosophy um which i'll I'll repeat real quick uh but it's holistically developed student athletes and future leaders through intentional training and authentic relationships and um I, I kind of had some kind of value ideas, but I, I, I didn't want to like throw those on them necessarily. And I wanted them to understand a little more about kind of the four things that were really important to me, you know, the holistically developing a student athlete and, you know, ghost self. They're not just a student athlete. We got to help them develop in, in all aspects of their world, whether that's getting an internship, growing in other facets of their life that we want to help them. Um, community service is really important to me. Uh, So that's another piece of it. Um, The future leader thing, we we do leadership training. Uh, We're really intentional about it. I think it's really, really important um, to try to teach kids how to lead, not just to assume because they play sports, they get to learn how to lead. Um, And then, uh, obviously, intentional training. I'm guessing from my earlier comments, I'm I'm fairly intentional. (laughs) intentional That's an
0: understatement, yes. Yes. Fairly intentional.
2: uh, Yeah. Yeah. and and i think they gotta understand that That's even in the weight room like when when they were in the weight room i was in the weight room working out with them and um no
0: you got jacked uh, recently you've been you've been getting after it <laughs> i'm serious uh,
2: well one, one of my players uh was watching video the summer of me or of Pac-12 play last last year and uh i was in really good shape at usc uh, last fall and she goes man you used to be ripped and i'm like <laughs> what 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 are what are you telling me about now? I, I, I don't get to work out like I used to, but so, but anyways, um, but yeah, the intentional training is important, and, and they have to understand that. And then, of course, the relationship uh, is is pretty vital uh, for just kind of building that trust. So, um, we we as a team, we um, we kind of built some values for our team for the the season. And that's, that's another process, what I actually used to do back in club, um, and got it from, there's a guy named Jeff Jensen. He's written some really good books yep. on this stuff. I highly recommend them. Um, but, uh, I started doing some stuff like that back in club and I, I loved it because you kind of set some goals and then, uh, you can set some standards and values that you think you have to have in order to achieve those goals. And I think if you're a coach and you, just, and you tell them what they are, uh, it's it's a lot harder to get kind of a buy-in than having them come up with the thing. And they usually come up with good stuff and some of them surprise you because they come up with things you didn't think of. So, um, we did that process where, you know, and we refer to that all the time.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. stuff. Well, it's, uh, not surprising you're finding some success and it sounds like that success isn't just, uh,
2: with your yeah. uh,
1: record but with uh you know the culture of your team and uh that's that's big because that makes it more fun for everybody uh with that i'm gonna move on to some videos and uh, i did a little uh deep dive into the aoc website for some practice planning and there's a ton of great practice planning info on the aoc website and i chose three uh the first is our pal dave rubio practice planning structure focus focus and implementation a half an hour of dave getting getting after it with practice planning so that's a good one uh the second one is uh jim stone and john dunning a guide to running effective practices and that is an hour long uh like seminar by those two master coaches on practice planning and then the last one uh is your old boss jj karch karai um uh, and karch has five keys to getting the most out of practice and it's a two-minute video one nice. of you know me i like quick the short games. ones yeah the quick so games. uh the two-minute ones so those are the three uh videos to accompany uh jj's coaching skill and then that brings us to uh uh the last part of our pod which is always the resource what have you been reading or listening to or uh what have you been doing jj
2: uh, you know, I, there's, there's a few podcasts that I like to noodle around through and, and none of them have to do with anything volleyball. Okay. Uh, and this idea, I think, you know, you can learn, you, you can find cross references and things when like some of my best ideas come when I'm listening about to some other completely different topic. And, uh, when I was in the finance world, there was this, uh, paper called The Consilient Observer, this guy, Michael Maldusman, would write. And he kind of would take all these random things, like it might be something in bio, and tie it back to how it was relevant to finance. And I always, I always thought that was interesting. So uh, the podcasts that I probably listen to the most are uh, Freakonomics, Uh oh, yeah. is pretty fun, Revisionist, right. history. Revisionist History, which is okay. really good.
1: A little Gladwell. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah.
2: But the one that probably no one on this podcast he's heard of or I would bet it's called the Knowledge Project.
0: I have not heard and
2: of uh, it's it's really good. He does deep dives and it's just all kinds of different people and um he has a blog and the blog is What's the guy's really name?
1: Good. I think I've heard that guy. Uh
2: yeah, it's Shane Parrish. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, his blog his blog's really pretty cool too. Like he's you know, he's just He's got stuff on how to accelerate learning, on mental models, decision-making, how to read better. I mean, everything. And um, I used to dig through his blog quite a bit. But, uh, I, you know, when you're driving, it's just nice to throw on a podcast. And I don't know. I, I always find when I'm looking at stuff that's outside of volleyball, it, it brings me back and gives me ideas maybe on how to manage better. You know, brainstorm on how to solve some other problem that, you know, I can't really figure out. Yeah, you
1: got all kinds of... Uh... Test for your skill set now as the head coach.
2: Yep, <laughs> that's an <been> understatement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, JJ, this has been awesome, uh, Davis. we yeah. we were we had a treat tonight, you Absolutely. know, having
0: JJ and having him share his wisdom and. Well, and we're thrilled for your success, JJ. We're just super stoked um, and just wishing you the best for sure. And like, if anyone's gonna win long term it's gonna be JJ. I, I just, <laughs> he's gonna do the work, you know, he's gonna get his team ready. So I I mean that's sort of the way I feel about it. So just keep it up, man. And that's all I got. Thanks, JJ. guys. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks again, JJ.
0: Take care. You wanna
1: take go care. through the
0: uh socials real quick. Socials sure. yes. there you go. so please please feel free to check us out on Instagram at AOC dot the and on Twitter at the Volleypod. Once again thanks for a great pod Todd, Todd. Thanks Davis take care. Thanks JJ bye bye
2: Thanks, okay. guys.